Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Hey, it's great to see you guys. want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. Uh, today's Palm Sunday. Happy Palm Sunday, which Palm Sunday represents Uh, The day Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the week leading up to his death, burial, and resurrection, which we uh, are going to celebrate next Sunday, Easter Sunday. But it is good to have you with us today. If it's your first time here, we are finishing up a series that we've been in. This is the fifth week called Relationship Playbook. And so we're glad that you have joined us For that, we really mean what we say on that welcome video. We're not going to make you introduce yourself or ask you for anything or single you out. We're just glad that you've joined us. So in this series, we've been looking at all of our relationships, different relationships, and things that we can do differently to make our relationships better, right? To have those deep, meaningful, impactful relationships that God desires for us have. So we've looked at our personality, we've looked at adaptability, we've looked at conflict, and then last week we talked about communication. And we looked at those three levels of communication and how we want to get to that relational level of communication with those people that mean the most to us. And in order to do that, we have to be accepting of others, no matter where they're at, no matter what they've done, and we need to be real with them, right? We need to be open book. We need to be authentic. We need to listen better. Uh, we were, I was joking in the lobby with somebody about listening better. And when you start to put that in the forefront, a lot of times we don't listen. Even this week, I was catching myself not listening and just wanting to say something. So if you didn't get a chance to hear that or any of those talks, they are available on our website for you to go back and review if there's something in the series that you want to catch up on. But today I want to conclude this series by talking about really something that's difficult to talk about. And that's what do we do when a relationship ends, right? How do we handle it when our relationship comes to an end? And so what I want to do is I want to look at what happens when a relationship ends Uh, I'm going to focus a lot of our time on marriage when a relationship ends because of a a divorce or when it ends because of the loss of a loved one. And just because I'm going to focus our time on a marriage relationship or a dating relationship, it doesn't mean that what we're talking about doesn't apply to friendships or a a work relationship or something like that. So it's applicable to everything, but I want to focus on these two things mostly because so many people have been impacted by marriage ending. So uh, the question I'll get a lot of times when a, a you know a marriage is ending in divorce or it's ended with divorce is well, what does God say about divorce? And we know what God says about divorce in the Scripture. Uh, God doesn't like it, right? As a matter of fact, God hates divorce. But, but somehow over the years, we've kind of spun that and, and people feel like, well, God hates me because I've been through a divorce. No, he hates the act of divorce. Why? Because he sees what it does to people. He sees what it does 
to families. He sees the hurt and the pain. He sees the trauma and the regret that we have, the sadness, the scars and the wounds that are left behind after that relationship ends. And then, and then working with people that have been through this, it's like, well, how am I going to go on? You know, I've invested 10 years or, or 15 years or 20 years in this relationship, and now it's over. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we go on past that? But even as painful as divorce is, I think what's worse is when you see a marriage come to an end because of the loss of a spouse, when a lost pass, uh, spouse passes away. And I've worked with, you know, a lot of people at their time of loss, and it's the most devastating thing for that spouse that's left behind. It's almost unbearable for them. So as we talk today, just think, all right, I'm keeping it in the context of a marriage ending, but it'll apply to any relationship. And I hate to be a killjoy today, but all of our marriages are going to end, right? My marriage with my wife is eventually going to end. Some marriages end because of divorce. Other marriages end because of the loss of a spouse. But one person is going to outlast the other. Now, aren't you glad you came to church today? This is about the time in the service, especially if it's your first time here and you're like, remind me again why I drove all the way across town and came to church, or why did I tune in with our online campus today to listen uh, to this Debbie Downer? But it's the truth. And I think my responsibility is, you know, to prepare us to handle that because it is going to happen. And really, all of our relationships at some point are going to come to an end. Some of you with us today or watching today, you've, you've already been through the pain of separation or you've been through that pain of divorce. Maybe you're helping someone else to cope with that today, but, but that's a pain you don't ever want to go back through again, right? That's a pain that you wouldn't wish on anybody. And, and some of you in that category of having a relationship in that way, or maybe it was a, a breakup with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, maybe it was a deep friendship that you had or, or separation from a company, right? That relationship broke and you didn't have any say in the matter, right? It wasn't, it wasn't your decision to end that friendship. It wasn't your decision to alienate from one of your extended family members. It was kind of forced on you, but now you find yourself in the position of trying to deal with it and trying to move forward in life. And what you experience when you lose a relationship, no matter what kind of relationship it is, it's heartbreak. Isn't it? Anybody ever had their heart broken? Sure. Maybe it was the love of your life, the first love of your life, the first person you dated. Maybe it was a best friend. But heartache stinks, doesn't it? It's like this lump in your throat, and you keep swallowing, and you can't get rid of it. It seems like this is never going to go away. But the good news is we don't have to hang on to that. That's what the Lord will take from us if we'll allow him. And we're going to talk about how do we do that. Now, maybe you're here and you're saying, this, this talk isn't even applicable to me because I'm not going to date. I like my single life or I don't ever plan on 
getting married. Heartbreak happens all around us. It could be heartbreak, again, with an extended family member. You know, it could be caused by somebody you were close to at work. It could be a business partner. So don't just say, well, because I'm not married or I'm not going to date, it doesn't apply to me because we can have that just in a friendship. We can have tremendous heartbreak. So all that to say, I really believe that what we're going to talk about today is going to help all of us. So what's the first thing we need to do when a relationship ends, no matter what kind of relationship it is? And this is the standard church answer. And you're going to hear this every single week, but we have to go to God. And that has to be our starting point to talk to God. When trouble comes our way, he's trying to get us to the point, especially those of you that follow him and have a relationship with Christ. And I know that's not everybody, but he wants us to rely on him first and foremost. He wants us to come to him. And so like we talked about last week, we need to be open. We need to be authentic. We need to be real. And we just need to spill our heart to God and say, this is how I feel. Because this relationship's ended, this is how I feel. I'm mad, I'm upset, I'm angry, whatever it is. God's not going to, you know, resign from being God because you're mad at him. He's not going to fall off his throne because, oh, well, Scott's upset because this happened in his life this week. But he wants us to come to him and just open up. Tell him what's on your heart. Tell him about the anger that you're feeling towards this other person. I know you say not to get angry in this way and let it lead to sin, God, but this is how I feel right now. That's usually what I see people experience first is anger. After the shock that the relationship is over, right? Especially if you didn't cause it, but then people feel an incredible amount of anger. Or maybe you're feeling pain. You know, I see that when a, a spouse loses their life partner. They're, they're, they're feeling tremendous pain. Tell God about the pain you feel. Or maybe it's bitterness. I'm bitter at this other person for leaving me. I'm bitter at this friend who doesn't want to be my friend anymore. And it's okay. However we process it, whatever emotions that we're feeling, it's okay. We just need to take those to God and just be truthful. To spill your guts to God. You don't have to sugarcoat anything with God. He would rather you just talk to him. First scripture verse on our outline, and if you want to follow along with the outline, you can download the Church Center app onto your smartphone or scan one of those QR codes on the seat back. But Psalm 18.6, but in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. That's what we should do. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. Now, it's easy for me to stand up here and tell you, you know, when you're in trouble, when you're feeling angry, bitter, painful, go talk to God. But it's not easy, is it? And you know why it's not easy? Because of learning number one. It's hard to talk to God when our relationship ends because we blame God. We may not want to admit that, but a lot of times we blame God for the relationship ending. We blame God for the death of our spouse. We blame God for the death 
of our parent. We blame God for the death of our child or whatever. God, why didn't you do something? Why didn't you intervene? Why didn't you step in? You're God. You can do anything. Why didn't you help me in this time of trouble? We blame it. We also blame God for for our relationship woes, our breakup, our divorce. Well, God, you could have done something to change him, right, or change her. It's always the other person needs to change. But you didn't do anything, God. Now, deep down, we know God didn't cause the divorce or the death, right? Death come, came into the world because of our sinfulness. So we have to go through physical death, every single one of us. So we know deep down that God didn't cause that. Our sin brought that into the world. Deep down, we know God didn't cause the divorce. He hates divorce. We made choices. They made choices that caused us to, to get this divorce. But we still blame him and we still ask him, why didn't you stop it? Why didn't you do something to make this all go away? You know, why, didn't, why don't you stop the bad things and the evil things that happen in the world? And God could do that, right? We can all agree to that, whether you follow Christ or not. We can all agree that, that God could stop all the bad things in the world. All he'd have to do is take away our freedom, Right? take away our ability to choose, free will, to make decisions in life. But part of free will, part of having choice means I'm going to make some bad choices. You're going to make some bad choices. I'm going to make some bad decisions. And guess what? My bad decisions often hurt people and cause them that pain. So instead of blaming God, We just need to talk to him. Psalm 55, verse 22. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. He'll never let good people topple in ruin. So we got to talk to God. And another thing that'll help us, I think, to talk to God and open up to God uh, is just to acknowledge that he's there. And I know we say that all the time, but he is. He wants to hear from us. Another barrier that's going to keep you from talking to God, especially if you've been through divorce, is your guilt. I know working with couples or individuals that have been divorced, they carry a lot of guilt. It may be some shame because that marriage didn't last right? And that guilt, because we feel guilty, we don't want to talk to God because we think God's upset with us or that God doesn't care about us or God doesn't love us or God's disappointed in us. Well, I did something that you say in the scripture you hate, so now you don't want anything to do with me. So that guilt will block us from having a conversation and communicating with God. But I want to encourage you, don't focus on the guilt that you carry. You got to get rid of that. And we'll talk about how to get rid of that. Focus on God's grace. You, you may have been 95% of the reason why you and your spouse aren't together anymore. You may be the whole cause that the relationship ended, but you don't have to carry that guilt. Jesus already paid for that guilt. So we don't have to continue to walk in that guilt. And some of you, you may be far removed from 
a divorce. It could have been months ago. It could have been years ago. You may be dating again. You may be even remarried, but you're still dealing with the guilt. You're still dealing with the guilt of what you did or what you didn't do or what you said or what you didn't say. And you can't move forward in life because you continue to lug this guilt around all the time. Christ paid for that. And again, today we're talking about handling when a relationship ends, but this is for anything in life. We were not built in such a way to carry that guilt. And no matter what you're going through, maybe it's not even a relationship issue today. Maybe you're going through something totally different. Maybe it's something with school or something with work or something with your own health. God's aware. He understands. He understands if you're carrying bitterness or anger or pain. He understands if you're feeling hurt or rejected or you're resentful in life. And the beauty is he doesn't just understand it. Oh, I understand what poor Scott's going through. No, he walks through it with us if we will allow him. Again, go back to what we talked about at the very beginning. That's why he wants us just to come to him and talk to him and open up. There's no special words you got to use. There, there's, there's no way you need to start the conversation or don't say this or, or make sure uh, you say this. Just open up to him and talk to him. Here's another reason, uh, or, or not another reason, but here's another thing that makes this whole process of getting over a relationship ending so difficult. And it's learning number two. There will come a point when we must acknowledge that the relationship is over. We have a difficult time thinking that this relationship has ended because we don't want to acknowledge that. We don't want to acknowledge that it's over. We like to live in the past. We like to think that Oh, well, well, this could change, or, or, or what about this, or maybe this. At some point, at some point, you're going to have to come to the realization this relationship is really over. You could be years down the road, and you still haven't acknowledged it. Well, there's still a chance, or if I just would have done this, or if I just would have done that. you got to come to the point to say this, this baby is done. It's over. All the worry in the world, all the regret in the world, all the guilt in the world's not going to change the past. And something that'll help to acknowledge that the relationship is over is to remind ourselves we're not over. Right? There is life after a relationship ends. Life will go on. And we got to get to that point. In the scripture, there's two famous heroes of the faith who they had a major disagreement, a major blow up. And a lot of you are familiar with this story, Paul and Barnabas. And I want to look at this story this morning to show us how, even though they had a disagreement, even though they parted ways, life still went on for both of them. And I'm going to read it from uh, the message transliteration today. It's Acts chapter 15, verses 36 for 41, just because I love how the book of Acts in the message puts it. After a few days of this, Paul said to Barnabas, 
Let's go back and visit all our friends in each of the towns where we preach the Word of God. Let's see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take John along, the John nicknamed Mark, but Paul wouldn't have him. He wasn't about to take along a quitter who, as soon as the going got tough, had jumped ship on them in Pamphylia. Tempers flared, and they ended up going their separate ways. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and offered up by their friends to the grace of the master, went to Syria and Cilicia to put grit in those congregations. So Paul and Barnabas had built a really good friendship, a great relationship on their first missionary journey. And John, or John Mark, as a lot of people refer to him, went with them. And somewhere along the way, he decides to leave for some reason. And the scripture doesn't tell us why. Maybe the first episode or the newest episode of The Bachelor was coming out and he wanted to get home and watch that. I don't know. But it's clear that Paul was not thrilled at all. So when they're talking this next time, Barnabas is talking about taking Mark. Paul's like, no way not going to happen. So these two men, Barnabas and Paul, they decide to separate. They decide to go their own way. And what's remarkable, if you read the rest of the story, they each did great work. They were able to move past their disagreement. They both continued to reach people for Christ, sharing the gospel with tons of people even though they separated. In other words, there was life for them after this relationship came to an end. God still had a plan for Paul's life. God still had a plan for Barnabas's life. But they were willing to put aside those differences when it related to John Mark and move forward for the greater good. And my point is, there is life after divorce, right? There is life after the loss of a spouse. There is life after the loss of a friendship. There is a life after departing from a certain company or business venture. Is it going to be easy? No. Is it going to be painful? Extremely. And you need, you may need additional help to go through that pain of, of losing that relationship. You may need a trusted friend or or a confidant that you can rely on on a consistent and a regular basis. You may need to find a counselor, but there is life after a relationship ends. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says this. This is the importance of having somebody connected to us to get us through some of that pain and difficulty, and God's always equipping people with what we need, right? We go through so those painful circumstances sometimes so that we can help somebody else who's going to have to go through it. But Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. So get somebody to walk alongside of you when a relationship ends, someone to encourage you, someone to come along and say, hey, Scott, you can do this. I know this is hard. I know this is difficult, but I'm here for you. And I know you can do this. And I believe in you. I know you're in pain. I know you're suffering, but you can move forward. That's why I think it's so important to get plugged in 
especially if you are active at a church. Wherever you go to church, get plugged in. Get into a group if they offer groups. Get into a ministry. Serve alongside of other people. Because then when your life goes sideways, you're already connected to other people, right? As the church grows larger, we have to stay connected smaller in groups and ministries and different things. Or if you're not involved in a church on a regular basis and somebody just brought you here today because they promised you free lunch, then, you know, do something in the community. But get plugged into other people. What I see time and time again is people stay disconnected from others and then their life falls apart. And at that point, it's too late to get connected. And here's another thing we can do. Let's say you went through a painful breakup or a painful divorce. I think, and I'll be very consistent in my counseling on this with people, but I think it's wise not to date for a while, to take some time off from dating, especially if you've just been through a long marriage. You don't want to jump right back into another relationship. We, we, some of y'all are smiling because you know the, the, the dangers of a rebound relationship and how they can fail so quickly, right? We also know statistically, especially if you've been married, the second or the third or the fourth marriage, the statistics aren't very good that they're going to survive. So we have to be very careful and we have to not date for a while. And people are like, well, who am I going to hang out? Hang out with God. Get reconnected in your relationship with the Lord. Spend time with him or that trusted friend that's going to walk through it with you and that trusted friend that's going to walk through it with you because God's the one who's going to lead you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to guide you. He's going to direct you. So just hang out with him for a while. Don't let that thought of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be lonely or, or I don't know what to do with my time. Don't let that push you too quickly because I'm telling you, you'll jump right back in to a relationship and it probably won't be a healthy relationship for you. And getting into another relationship, it's not going to heal the pain, right? It's not going to make the pain go away any quicker. We think so. Oh, I got to get back into another relationship and that'll help me feel better. It doesn't. I can't tell you how many people do this though. And it's, it's human nature. It's our tendency. And what I find by and large, because I end up counseling with a couple and they've both been previously married, nobody fixes their own issues, right? Lisa's got a lot of problems she needs to fix, but Scott's not going to fix his own problems. That's generally what happens. And, and what we do if we're ending a relationship and we're starting a new one, we just carry our problems and dump it on that next person because we never dealt with ourselves because we didn't take the time to hang out with God and fix whatever it was we had going on. Let's look at another verse from the Old Testament, Job 11, verses 13 through 16. Yet if you devote your heart to him and stretch out your hands to him, if you put away the sin that is in your hand and allow no evil to dwell in your tent, then, free of fault, you will lift up your face. You will stand firm and without fear. 
you will surely forget your trouble, recalling it only as water's gone by. Get your heart right first. Heal properly. Work on your issue. And most importantly, get God in your life. Get God back in your life. Get God's word in your life. I was talking to my oldest daughter this week and how amazing your day is when you start with God's word, right? It's the constant. In this crazy world we live in, it's the only constant we have. And especially if your life is in turmoil because of relationships, God's word is a constant. Start with a daily devotional. It doesn't have to be a marathon session. Start somewhere. Start reading a daily devotional. Start with one of the gospels. Start with one of Paul's letters to the churches. But it's amazing how exactly what you're going to be going through that day, God's word will prepare you to handle it. We don't think straight or make great decisions when our life is in shambles. And God's word gives us that constant to lead on. It balances us. It keeps us grounded. And I know you hear that a lot when you come to church. Well, you need to read God's word. You need to talk to God. But it's the truth. It's the only stability we have. Another benefit, if you're going through a a bad divorce or, or bad breakup or something, you know, separation from a business partner, if we don't have God's word in our life, we're just going to make rash decisions. We may beat ourselves up too much. We may not forgive ourselves. And God's word reminds us, hey, we're forgiven. And it reminds us that God loves us and he cares about us no matter what we've done to cause a a difficulty. I love Psalm 119, verses 25 through 28. I lie in the dust. Revive me by your word. I told you my plans, and you answered. Now teach me your decrees. Help me understand the meaning of your commandments, and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. So when we're down, God's word could bring us encouragement. When we're lonely, that verse says God's word can bring us comfort. Again, the most difficult times in our life, God's word will bring us stability. And probably the hardest thing to do when a relationship ends, uh, and, and nobody ever likes it when I talk about this, to- this topic, but it's to forgive, right? We have to work through forgiveness. We have to not only forgive ourselves, we have to forgive the other person. Time and time again, you see both people in a relationship ending carry guilt and resentment. We've talked a little bit about guilt. It's on both sides of the equation. It's not like one person walks away and, oh, I have no guilt or resentment whatsoever. Both people have guilt and resentment over that relationship ending. It may not be balanced, right, but it's present in each person. And if we're ever going to get well... If we're ever going to fully heal, if we're going to move forward, because there is life after our relationships end, we got to get rid of the guilt and the resentment in our life. And you know the answer to that. What do we do with it? We give it to the Lord. 
He takes all of that from us. We just need to confess our part, right? We just need to be honest. Again, going back to being honest and open and real with God, just be open and honest with him about your part in that relationship ending. Get his forgiveness and move on. 1 John 1, 9, familiar verse to a lot of you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hey, God, this is what I did to destroy my marriage. This is what I did to implode my friendship. This is how I messed up my relationship with my roommate. Because here's the reality when we admit that, and it's learning number three, whether we like it or not, we personally played a part in our relationship ending. This is the hardest thing for us to acknowledge. I played a part. The other person may have done something really, really bad, but you did something that led up to that. We all carry some responsibility in our relationships ending. And again, once we've confessed our part, once we uh, have confessed our part in destroying the relationship, we should forgive the other person in the relationship that we were in with, right? We need to forgive the other person and we need to ask for forgiveness. And this is a part nobody wants to hear when we talk about forgiveness, but I see great uh, healing when we do this, when we can forgive the other person, right? And I see great healing too when we can go to them and ask for forgiveness of us. Hey, I apologize for the part I played in our marriage ending 10 years ago. Whatever it was that you did. And when you ask them to forgive you, if they ask for forgiveness, you give it to them. Now, you should have already given them forgiveness in your heart, right? We forgive because Christ forgives us. But if they need it verbally, you forgive them as well. But even if you only played a little part of it, it's amazing how much healing you will get. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. The only way to get rid of the anger that we feel or the bitterness that we have, it's to forgive. Some of you, you're, you're in pain right now, and you've been in pain for months. Or maybe you've been in pain for, for years. You're not going to get well until you forgive. It's never going to stop completely hurting until you ask for forgiveness from God, but you give forgiveness to that other person. That's how it works. God forgives us because we forgive others. It's the only path to freedom. And just know, God still loves you, right? He's not done with you just because your relationship has ended with someone. He's never done with us until he calls us home. Do you realize this? There's still work to be done. However you want to look at it, well, that's not significant. This is significant. There's kingdom work that always has to be done. And as long as we're still breathing, he's not 
done with us. And he's certainly not done with you because you've been through a divorce or you've lost a spouse or you and your best friend parted ways. Philippians 1.6 says, And I'm sure that God, who began the good work within you, will keep right on helping you grow in his grace until his task within you is finally finished on that day when Jesus Christ returns. So let me encourage you. Go with God. Hang out with God. Spend time with him and face the world again. Focus on looking forward instead of looking back and I wish I did this or I could have done this. Have some plans. Get connected. If, you, if, if church isn't your thing, and again, you're just here with a friend, get connected somewhere. Get connected in a group at work or a group in the community, but have some plans. And get back on track with your purpose, the purpose God created you for. That's never changed. And as long as you're still here, it's still active. And I'm going to close with this. If, if you're in pain today, regardless of why, maybe it's because of a relationship. Maybe it's, it's because of something totally different. Uh, but one thing about pain is we need to ask ourselves, is God trying to get my attention through this? Right? When we did a whole series on pain, we talked about that. Is God using this pain to draw me closer to him? Is he using this pain to alert me to something in my life? Sometimes God will use sorrow or pain in our life, maybe to turn us in a different direction, but always to draw ourselves to him. Let's pray together. God, I know uh, in a room this size with people watching online, there's a lot of people today, Lord, that are hurting that are in pain because a relationship that meant the world to them has come to an end. Maybe some of us are still reeling in that guilt and resentment because of what we did years ago that caused a relationship to end. Lord, you are the only one that can take that pain away. You're the only one that can show us and encourage us to the things that we need to do differently or the things that we need to change. And God, I know when we talk about forgiveness, it's like there's no way I'm forgiving that person. That's what we think. Lord, but you call us to forgive, which also means you'll give us the strength to forgive. You'll soften our heart if we'll allow you to, to get us to the point of forgiving other people. And really forgiving ourselves, knowing we played a part. So God, I'd ask you to do that. You'd help all of us that are in pain and struggling today. And maybe you're watching or you're here with us as we're praying and you've never turned your life over to Christ. You've just tried to run your life on your own and you acknowledge now that, man, I haven't done a great job of that. Listen, you need to know Christ desires a relationship with you, but it's your choice. You have the freedom to choose 
or not choose. But let me encourage you, open your heart to Christ. The amazing thing about Jesus is he, he loves us. We don't earn his love, he just loves us. He's not going to love us any less or any more because of what we've done or haven't done. He accepts us wherever we're at. Maybe you've tried everything in the world to bring you pleasure and joy and happiness and nothing's worked. The answer is Christ. So just open your heart to him and invite him in. Let him lead your life from now on. God, thank you for the relationships we have. I know a lot of this series we've been focusing on what we need to do differently according to your word. And we focus on the problems that we have in our relationships. And Lord, we take them for granted. Thank you for our kids and our husbands and our wives and our our friends. Thank you for the people that we work with and for our parents and our extended family. Lord, so often we just take those for granted and we don't take the time to thank you for putting those people into our life. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, as we finish up, if you came today prepared to worship through generosity, you can do that online or through the website or the black boxes at the back. Thank you for everything you do in this community and beyond. And I will remind you, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And uh, people are more receptive to a relationship with Christ, which any of us that have a relationship with Christ will tell you that is the only thing that changes your life and makes your life incredible. Uh, Invite somebody to church with you next week. They're receptive. There's people that are hurting, that are in pain, that need need the Lord. So bring them to church wherever you're going to go to church. Maybe you're going to go with your parents. Maybe you're just here visiting, but grab somebody in your neighborhood or at your workplace. Say, hey, why don't you come to church with me on Sunday and we'll grab food afterwards. I hope you have a terrific Sunday afternoon. Thank you so much for your time and we will see you next week. God bless you.